With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio. Radio. 630 Chad. It's shot in by Phaneuf, 15 seconds to play. Edmonton 4-3, centering pass, damn that! Talbot tipped it out with an unbelievable right pad save! Wild scramble, shot Downey, redirected wide, two seconds, Downey at the horn, save Talbot, and this game is finally over! An unbelievable finish! Cam Talbot kept it out with the right skate. Jack, they're going to go upstairs, I think the puck was in. After review, we got the puck completely over the line, so we got a goal. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. Following the coach's challenge issue by the situation room, there was goaltender interference. This is no goal. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What a finish in Los Angeles. The Oilers survive a late flurry from the best third-period team in the NHL. They actually get a goalie interference video review call to go their way, and they beat the Los Angeles Kings 4-3. As I'm saying this, Germany scores with 3-16 left in the third. They lead Russia 3-2 in the gold medal game. Germany 316 away from winning gold in the Olympics. Rob and I will keep you updated. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 1119. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. How are you doing, Rob? I'm doing very good. Pretty so, exciting night here. So, so you thought that that was not goalie interference, is what you I said I thought the they game. would call it a goal. Okay, what did you think, though? I Well... It depends what they're calling. If he touched him before the puck, when he when he pushed the puck over the line, I didn't think that should be goalie interference. When he touched him before, about no, no, half a second before that, he touched his pad. That had to have been the goalie infer- interference. All right, you that's know that's how, my thought. You know how well I've been using my rule book this year, it's, much more than I have. It's wanted very to. worn. It's very worn in. I, I'm not. As I've told people before, there's three pages on goalie interference. So whenever there's a call, I pick out the one that is applied. An attacking player, either by his positioning or by contact, impairs the goalie's ability to move freely within his crease or defend his goal. Then the goal doesn't count. If an attacking player initiates contact with the goalie incidental or otherwise while the goalie is in his crease and a goal is scored the goal will be disallowed so i think the ruling there is the process of hitting the pad and perhaps nudging it back beyond the goal line before on, before he put before, the puck but in then yeah because i think on his first thrust he either missed the puck yes. or got the puck in the pad at the i same agree time. with that yes and and that's why i when you, when i was talking to you late in the game for because of technical reasons, Rob and I actually wound up watching the game in different rooms tonight. We weren't sitting by each other. That's why I said it's like the Kajula play, because it's striking the goalie's equipment and affecting. Well, I know, I know the Kajula play against Colorado. The puck was covered. Yes. Now, but it, you can't you can't strike the goaltender's equipment and alter the position of the puck it, doing. So. If 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 he didn't touch the goalie's pad, Talbot's pad. It's a goal. Just before, and then he just pushed the puck over the line and the pad at the same point. That should have been a goal. I don't know if they would have allowed that, actually. I, well, I, to me, that's an automatic because you're just pushing the puck in the net. You're not touching his pad. Well, when he it put, dep- well, it depends where his pad was. If, if Talbot's would have been holding the... Like, if the pad was already back in the net and he pushes the puck over the line and then hits the pad, that would be a goal. No, but if it, to me, it doesn't matter anywhere. If you push... If, if, if his... Because when he pushed the puck into the net, he didn't touch Talbot's pad. It was all puck. 
the goalie interference, in my thought, what happened right before that when he went to stab the puck and missed it the first time and he got Talbot's pad. Then he brought his stick back out and pushed the puck and the pad back in. To me, if, the, if that's... If, if it was just, if he didn't do what he did first and just push the puck in the pad at the same point, to me, that's a goal because he was pushing the puck in the net. I don't I don't think they would have allowed that given the rule because you can't, well, okay, why didn't Kajulis? Because he, he was pushing the glove. He wasn't pushing How the puck. different from a pad? You're because he, cause, cause he never touched the puck. Kajula didn't touch the puck. He was touching the glove. Right. Right here, he was, um, Brown was touching the puck when he pushed it in the net. But he, but but what I'm saying is what the rule says is you're altering the position of the goalie's body. Yeah, but you're to, to me. Yeah, to me it's it to me it's a goal when he does that. He to me the interference was before he got the stick on the puck. He missed the puck the first time and he pushed the pad, which probably pushed Talbot's pad behind the goal line. Yes. Then he got his puck on his stick on the puck and pushed both the puck and the stick. And to me that's a goal. Now because he touched the pad first. That was a disallowed goal. Right. Had that, he not done that, yes. and that, but had he not done that, if he would have just pushed the puck and the pad in at the same time, if his stick is on the puck, to me that's a goal. I think the refs got I, the right call. I, yeah, I understand what you're saying yeah. in that hypothetical, but I, I think by the way they've called it, they wouldn't have counted. Oh my God, Russia just tied it Russia with 50 tied, seconds. Russia tied at 55 points. This has been an unbelievable game. hockey game. It was one one with eight minutes left. Now it's three three. I missed it. Somehow Russia got a power play with a minute and a half to go in the game. They just scored on the power play. But it has been an unbelievable game, and it's going to be going a little bit extra. And I, I don't know a whole lot about either team, but I think 4-4 four and four may favor the Russians. But the Germans have surprised us and already. You know what? I'm not even sure what the rule is. The gold medal game might be 5-on-5. Five five. Well, I guess we're going to find out. Well, maybe not. This is it's well, and it's so dumb the way it is. I mean, it should go overtime forever. You should never go to a shootout or anything. But I actually have no idea what it is. The women's gold medal game was four on four. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah, so I'm guessing it's four on four right away. Uh, But I think they flood. They did flood. They'll flood. They flooded in the women's game too. Yes. So three three Russia and Germany. What a game! What a story the Germans have been. Edmonton wins four three. So they they do finally get a, a close goalie interference review to go their way. And that's obviously why Talbot was mad last week because his, his argument was there's been some 50-50 ones that, that, uh, that haven't gone their way. Do you think and, the reporters upstairs were pretty excited? I can't wait well, to talk to you. If it went the other way. He tweeted that Talbot's quotes would have been better had it wasn't counted. Though Rob's not there, Matheson's there. And so there were two reviews. And again, this confuses people. And it is weird. So the situation room calls down and says that might have been a goal. Let's review for that. Mm-hmm. So then they announced, we have a goal. Now, in the final minute of the third period in overtime, there is no coach's challenge on goalie interference. So then the situation room says, oh, we think there's enough there to look at goalie interference. So then they review that, and then they say there was goalie interference. Now, I know people are wondering, why did they put time back on the clock? Well, because a goal hypothetically stops the clock, right? If they would have said there was no goal on the play, mm-hmm. game over. Yeah, Oilers cleared the puck, but when there was a, a goal, stops the clock. Even if it's an incorrect, or even if it turns out not being a goal, it stops the clock. So that's why the Kings got another 9.8 seconds with the faceoff outside. Well, no, it would have been funny. What if, I mean, after that pole play happened, when the puck went in and out, Doughty got two more shots. I know. So Doughty could have actually scored afterwards, and then they... <laughs> and then that would have counted. That would have counted. It was, it was quite... Quite uh, now, quite a bit of action in 18 seconds. Now, why is Germany on the power play? I don't understand. Unless Germany was on the power play and Russia scored shorthanded. Oh, maybe. That must have been it. Russia just scored shorthanded with 40 well, seconds. They would have had the... their goalie out, so that's, yeah. Anyway, this one uh, is almost going to overtime. The Oilers win 4-3 over the Kings. Our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Is finally winning in Los Angeles. The Oilers break a 12-game winless drought in L.A. Their last win prior to tonight, November 3rd, 2011th. Nikolai heavy Bullet got a 3-0 shutout that night. Uh, a lot to talk about. The, the finish was so wild. That's what we started with. There, There's a lot uh, of other things to talk about. We'll get to as we go along. 780-496-0063. We have Logan to kick off the phone calls. Hey, Logan. Hey, Reid. Hey, buddy. Um, I have a comment for you guys. Um, that, that, that was a good road game tonight. Some balance, scoring, all the lines tipping in. Talbot made some good 
good big saves. Do you guys comment on that? Well, I, I thought the Oilers played well overall. Unfortunately, they <laughs> melted down a little bit in the last 30 seconds. I'll start with Talbot, Rob. His save percentage in the last five games is 934. It helps. It helps. The beginning of the season, we talked about it at the beginning of the year a lot. His Germany almost scored scored. with three seconds to go in the game. Uh, The beginning of the season, the Oilers weren't getting saves. And there were some games at the beginning of the year where the Oilers did not play poorly. But they did not get the saves that they needed. And if you don't get saves in the National Hockey League, you don't win hockey games. Then there was a stretch where they didn't get good goaltending and they didn't play well. But as of late, Camp Talbot has played the way that we expect him to play the way that he played last year. And when you get uh, a goalie that's outplaying the guy in the other end, it gives you a chance to win hockey games. And Cam Talmud was excellent tonight. And Logan also brought up all the lines. I, I thought a lot of guys checked well tonight. Kara got a nice goal. Slepeshev got his fourth of the season. Strom got... that. That's one of those weird cases. The empty netter turns out to be the game winner because the te- other team scored after that. And Camilleri, three assists tonight. Camilleri was very good. And we've talked about him for a while now that uh, the foot speed's not there. The brain still is. He, he played well. He competes. I know that Bob and Jack talked late in the game about he would be an addition to a team right now, a good addition, because he, he's capable of playing anywhere in your lineup. And is what Bob pointed out, too, is he's incredible in shootouts. So if you're a team right now fighting for a playoff spot and one point may be the difference between playing in April or sitting out and going golf, and maybe it's a shootout, and you bring a guy like that in, you're not, you're not going to have to give up much to get him, and he'd be a good addition to any team right now. So Camilleri was outstanding, and the depth players of the Edmonton Oilers really came through tonight. We'll make Camilleri the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. The three stars announced at the Staples Centre, Dreisaitl 1 to Foley 2, and Adam Larson number 3, and that looked like the uh, aggressive and sure Larson that we've come to know. Yeah, he, he was nasty out there tonight. Uh, physical, mean, uh, it jumped in the play a few times. Uh, I, I'm sure that being gone for a little while and coming back and dealing with everything he's had to deal with, it was hard getting back into the swing of things. But over the last couple of games, you're starting to see the Larson that we saw most of last year as well. So uh, the Oilers had a solid effort up and down their lineup, and you need that. When you're playing on the road and against a team fighting for playoffs points like L.A. was, you needed that, and they got it. Jim on line two. Jim, thanks a lot for calling. Thanks, guys. I took a couple seconds to take off the speakerphone because I want to talk to you guys. Hey, can I say something to you guys? Mm-hmm. Do you guys all agree that it's a game? Uh, yeah. We're, we're there to play a game. We're there to have fun. We're there to we're there to win, of course, because we want to show the other players that we're better. Am I correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Where are you going, Jim? I, I'm. I'm I'm thinking about the way the crowd reacted is what I'm thinking. Yeah, but it it was frustration. It's wrong, but it's not just in L.A. It's just about any rink you've seen. Uh, Right, and and you know what? And I'm not trying to change the subject, but mm -hmm. it's like the the Columbine. It's like all the other shootings. We don't want any of that. Well, I think that's a big big stretch right there between a fan throwing a pop out there. They kept on replaying it. That's, That's my point of view. They kept on replaying it. Well, don't. They should be fined that they have to donate $100,000 or something. When, when, when a team loses in their own city, the people should not be mad. The people should be glad they played the game. And they, they did a nice comeback. And, and that fourth goal was just about, a, oh, my God, I just about had a You know, that, you're not, there's no one in Edmonton when their team loses that's happy after a hockey game. People are going to be frustrated. They shouldn't do what they did. I would not compare it to a mass shooting. I think that... Uh, you must be smarter than what uh, what the the fools that did that threw things on. But I don't think you, you're you going to say, all right, that was a game we should have won, but oh, we didn't, and let's just go home. Fans are passionate about their team. Uh, they should have shown their dis, uh, their their unhappiness a different way. You can boo if you want. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't think that you can compare the way you compared it. All right, let's go back to Los Angeles. Cam Talbot, the relieved winning goaltender tonight. Uh, not the ideal way we wanted to end it. I mean, when you go up by two goals with under a minute, it should be a, a done deal. But um, I guess you could say we found a way to get one out and, and got a call. So what were you thinking? Okay, you pushed your pad over the 
goal line on the play, or were you not even sure? I knew he pushed my pad over over the goal line, but I mean, you never know. I mean, that's uh, that one could go either way. I mean, I, when the puck's loose and stuff like that, it's not like I had it covered, so you never know if you're going to get that call or not. So. Uh, you know, we we're fortunate enough to get that one and, and get a big win. So when they counted the goal, were you thinking, ah, oh, same old, same old again? Well, no, I honestly, when uh, they called it a goal, I kind of, I knew it went over the line when you pushed my pad over. I kind of saw it because it flipped up on edge, I think. And I think that's how it crossed the goal line completely. So I wasn't surprised they called it a goal, but I was uh, obviously very happy that they overturned it. So how many is once do you figure that you guys have lost? Uh, I, I have no idea. That's up to you guys to know that. Not my department. <laughs> All right, Cam Talbot, 30 saves tonight. Out does Jonathan Quick, who uh, allows three goals. Well, the, both goals yeah, allowed three funny. goals. <laughs> but the, the empty net takes the loss for the LA Kings. So the Oilers were up uh, 3-2. Strom got an empty netter. Brown scored at 19:42. The Kings won the center ice faceoff, wrapped it in threw it on net, and then Brown chipped away at it, and that's when he was called for the goalie interference. The Oilers survive 4-3. Their record goes to 26-31-4 on the season. We'll have Evan at 780-496-0063. Hey, Evan. Hey, Ray. How's it going? Good. Uh, just kind of, you know, pointing out that this whole kind of gong show that happened at the end of the game here, it kind of reminded me of Game 5 against Anaheim. And that last minute, you know, you didn't know what was going to happen, and then all of a sudden the puck goes in, and, you're, or, and they didn't call a goalie interference in the playoffs. And it's kind of like, man, oh, man, how, how goofy was it that it kind of turned out that way in this game? Yeah, I was thinking of that too, for sure. Hey, one thing they're going to have to do in the summer is they're going to have to come up with a better way of, of deciding how, how goalie interference works. Uh, who makes the call? To me, the, if you're going to do it, you get two refs. You hire two ex-refs. They're no longer part of the game. You have them in the war room, and they get to make all calls. So now you have consistency. You take it out of the guys that are refing the games. You take it to two guys in Toronto. Let them make the decision because at least it's going to be consistent because it's going to be the same two guys doing it over and over, and they're refs. So the refs should know the rule book and they should be able to do it properly. But there's just a lot of confusion each and every night, and by the the looks of it, just through watching Oiler games, there seems to be an awful lot of goalie interference challenges. So if you're going to be have that many challenges, you may as well have someone there that can get them right. And I agree with that. I think the one thing they need to do is they need to fix the system of reviewing it, though, because that's really clunky when you go and say, yeah, it's a goal, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a minute, no, it was goalie interference. And it was clearly goalie interference with them pushing the pad in the net. Well, well they, the, the yeah, funny they could thi- have done it all together. Yeah, the funny thing about it is it's the ref comes out to tell you that it's a goal. And and this is what's so dumb about it, too. And the, the thing that happened at the end where the refs get all upset, well, it kind of egged them on. There's like, all right, everybody, it's, it's four, a four, goal. Yeah. It's 4-4. Four, four. But wait a second, because yes. they already knew at that point. Like, why not check everything at the same time? Well, that's the thing. Do they do they have to announce? Could they could they not come out and say we have ruled the puck was over the line, but, but Dustin yes. Brown committed goaltender interference. The clock stops with the hypothetical goal, and that's why you know, like, yeah, reviewing it yeah, twice it, it like that. A, too much of a gong show, but yeah, I, I agree. Good win for the boys. They needed something in LA for a change finally. So. Evan, we're going to finish the play with you. We want to give you an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set U Park, brought to you by Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com. A shot by Carter and a save made by Talbot on his first shift, and Carter finishes the check for good measure. And now Cassian will clear, and he wants to fight Dion Phaneuf. He's going right into Dion Phaneuf's grill. They're jawing at center ice. Evan, did they fight, yes or no? No, they didn't. You win, buddy. Hang on the line. Patrick will take down your information. All right, we got a full board of calls. Everybody's getting in. The Oilers survive 4-3 victory over the Los Angeles Kings. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. Off the draw, you've got Dion Phaneuf. Left point, shot tipped to the save. Rebound, another save. Talbot, a brilliant one on Jeff Carter. The tip was a solid one, and the second one was even better. A hard, low-risk shot against a guy who usually munches Edmonton. 
Cam Talbot, save of the game for Arcan Trailer and RV Center, Alberta's favorite award-winning RV dealership for over 40 years. Talbot, very good tonight as the Oilers win 4-3 in Los Angeles. That was in the first period. The Oilers were two men short for a minute seven. They killed it off. Their penalty kill, three for three tonight. Can you believe this? The Oilers are 14 for 14 on the PK in their last five games. Yeah, they've been good. It's been a difference. And they become aggressive. And they're not allowing easy access to their end there. If there's, we used to say, if someone turns his back, little attack. And they're doing that more so now, not giving the teams, uh, I mean, when they got, became passive, it's easy to, to make the plays and you can set up easily, easier. Uh, the, the Oilers now are a much more aggressive attacking style they've they've changed put some different players out there and when their penalty killing and their goaltending is good it gives them a good chance of winning hockey games so the goal scorers for the Oilers tonight Slepeshev, Dreisaitl, Kara and Strom into an empty net that turned out to be the game winner because LA got one uh, after that and then the Oilers survived their video review Kara up to 10 goals on the season Man, he's got that sneaky little shot. Well, not little shot, but I mean, he can heavy. really whip it, can he? Yeah, he, he's come on. I mean, after the start of the season, he's sitting in the stands. Question, the people questioning, you know, was, is this guy good enough? Is the contract right? He didn't pout. He came back uh, and, and became a force. Uh, he's moved his way up and down the lineup. He's, he's got up to the third line at times. I like where he's going. I mean, tonight, though, I mean, he only played nine minutes tonight, yet it seemed like he was a factor every time he was out there. He's a big physical guy whose hands are bad. I mean, you really, when you got him in here, it's, he's like the Pitlick of this year. You know, Pitlick last year, a guy that no one expected a whole lot, gets double-digit goals, injuries curtailed him, and eventually he's moved on. But Jujar's come in. He's tough. He plays physical. And now he's in double digits for goals. He's got more goals than Milan Lucic. Yep. And with zero power play time with zero time playing with Connor or Leon so good on Jujar earlier today the Oilers traded Brandon Davidson to the New York Islanders for a third rounder in 2019 Maroon didn't play because of a minor lower body injury could play tomorrow in Anaheim but he'll likely be traded by one o'clock on Monday as we expect Mark Letestu to be overtime underway in the Olympic gold medal game Germany and Russia and yet is four on four Rob we were no. <laughs> I mean, we or probably should sure. know since we watched the Canadian women yeah, do this well, just the other day. I, well, that was my fault. I wasn't. I wasn't thinking. Yeah, and I get confused easy, but uh, <laughs> I would. I would imagine this should favor the Russians, but, but the Germans have. Germany I mean, were supposed to lose two games ago, and actually, in Germany, did beat Sweden in overtime, did they not? They and their previous game too. Oh yeah, so the the the. the game Canada got a buy-through that they had to play. Huh. They won in overtime. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Jamie hanging on. Hey, Jamie. Hey guys, how's it going? Pretty good. Uh, yeah, just when you mentioned Davidson, uh, you know, I wasn't going to say anything about this, but I was a, I was a little, just a little uh, pissed off that they moved him, just because he was one guy that they developed on the farm a little bit, and you know, the thing was, if they didn't have some other contracts, which I agree, they were forced to deal him because of the contracts for the defenseman that. They were kind of forced into that. I just wish they would have kept him. But I got a few more points. Uh, I love how they ended the streak in L.A. That was so important. And divisional rivals, you got to end the streaks and stuff. Uh, but with Talbot, man, that was funny tonight. How the other night, a few weeks ago, I criticized him, and I agree I did. And I have to do it again because he's like he he made it his business to – criticize the league and now this week he's like oh it wasn't my this isn't my department this isn't anything i should comment on well i think Uh, that was i think that was i think that's tongue-in-cheek knowing he doesn't want to get fined again so i know but i i thought it was whatever i mean i he played a great game but and you know i want to agree with rob too on one point is when the very final play with the whatever seven seconds left when he goes to hit the puck in with a stick, if he hits the puck first and then the pad, he's following through on a shot, right? So that's why I agree with Rob that that has to be a good goal. But I think Rob's mentioned the, the play just before that, he, he hit the goalie or someone else hit the goalie, and that's, is that the one that they actually called? Well, he I, poked at it like he, three times. Yeah, the, the very first time he tried poking the puck and he missed it and he got just the pad. And the pad, actually, yeah, yeah. I think that's what put the pad behind the goal line. 
Then the second time he hit the puck and pushed the puck and pad even further back in. Right. But I, I yeah, think, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I really wish that there'd be, they would explain it better, but I, I don't know. I, as far as the... the you know, Reed was saying how they should break, like how they should break it down, almost like football, like because you don't really know what they're even challenging, and then they start challenging things two and three times, and you're like, what are you guys even challenging? The whole play, or or are you just <laughs> fishing, right? No, I mean, at the end of the day, they, they got it right. I think they probably could have done it differently, but they got it right, and the Oilers got a win, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Thanks, right on, Jamie. Guys. Appreciate Thanks. it, buddy. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Let's go back to LA one more time. Here is head coach Todd McClellan. But, but, um, not one, not one that we wanted to be uh, challenging. I thought we could have done a better job, obviously, down those last few minutes. But um, not going to dwell on that a lot. We haven't won in this building for a long, long time, so we'll take any any type of win that we can get. And I thought for the most part we played a, a pretty gutsy game. Are you thinking uh, the puck was in the net? But for sure. It looked like Brown jabbed at his at this well, pass. No, for sure anymore, because you you know it's you're at the the whim of the the league, the referees, and and whoever's making those decisions. Um, I wasn't sure it was over the line to tell you the truth, because the puck was laying flat. But then uh, we talked about it on the bench if it was going to be called a goal, we wanted to challenge it right away for goaltender interference. As it turns out, it was. You guys just lay back. I guess you figure when he's, you know, he's still up 4-3 with 18 seconds and there's a face-off at center, you still got the game. Well, they, they rimmed the puck. They won the draw and rimmed the puck, and they beat us to it. And, um, you know, they, it was a seeing-eye play to the paint where um, puck got through a whole bunch of players, and Cam made the first save, and obviously the, the second one was pushed in. So um, he would like to do a little bit of a better job um, in that situation. But we're... Uh, We'll take the win. This was a pretty physical game, but could you talk more specifically about Darnell Nurse and Adam Larson and what they brought tonight? Uh, big, heavy game. They are our shutdown pair right now, and they uh, had big minutes, played in uh, some tough situations. I think of the penalty kills right off the bat at the beginning of the game. That was a big uh, hurdle for us to overcome, and uh, they played a big part in that. This was Adams at his best, mean and nasty, Larson. Yep, that's his that's his game. Um, you know, the extra little push, the the heaviness in his game, and then uh, and then just move pucks and, and let the forwards do their thing. So when Lars is doing that and defending well, he's he's a very very good player. Leon was attacking tonight. Leon was very good tonight. Um, you know, I'm not sure if that line got on the board, but they. Uh, they certainly had chances, and they played against uh, one of the best players in the world in Kopitar. Russell blocked a shot. Blocked a shot. Don't know yet. Don't have an update till the morning. Obviously, he didn't come back. What were you thinking when uh, your captain and, uh, and uh, Lucic collided? Uh, well, when it first happened, I was concerned, but when he got to the bench, uh, he was winded, and uh, it was clear that was the, the issue, so uh, I wasn't overly concerned after that. All right, Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. His team wins 4-3 over Los Angeles. Just one goal shy of the Japanese Village goal light when the Oilers score five in a game. We turn the light on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, downtown south side and north side in Edmonton. Chris Russell, a couple of tough shot blocks. I think that second one off the hand in the third period is the one that chased him from the game. Yeah, it was upper body. Uh, he went off and he was, it looked shoulder, arm, hand, something, but I honestly, I don't know how he doesn't go off the ice every game like that. He blocks more than, well, obviously more than anyone in the National Hockey League. He's a warrior. Hopefully it's something minor and we, we see him back again tomorrow night. You know, first of all, Rob, let's just, can you see this monitor here? Yep. Can you just leave it so we can yep. both watch it? The, the first save Talbot makes on this centering pass is incredible. Oh, yeah. That's, that now, was, see right there, that's, Brown's... That's where that's where he pushed him back. And then See, Brown's stick is actually under Talbot's pad. The, fir- the very first one. Wedging it. Yeah. So that's where they're saying, hold There's on. There's goal interference, you're, you're, yeah. you're, and, and I wonder there if they would have, now we're getting totally hypothetical, I wonder if they even would have said, just by having your stick under there, you're impairing the goalie's movement. Because the you could see Brown's stick 
under Talbot's yeah, he missed, fully he missed in the, the net. puck. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but yeah, I, I don't know. But I mean, the the first save though, what a save! Well, that's a great save. What a save! And then again, you're like, why is Brown by himself in front of the net? And he was completely he was, by himself. Oilers relaxed. Yes, they, they did. They relaxed. Like, oh, what a save! That one was close. I mean, that was close to the goal line it, too. And then he pokes it, drives the not drives, but it wasn't a like mean like no. He, well, he was forces, going for the puck. He was forces, going for the puck. Forces the pad yep. back into the net, and then Talbot isn't able to reestablish, and then yep. that's when the puck skipped over the line. Yep. Great, crazy play. Uh, Shows you how quick glad. things can change, though, eh? I mean, you got a two-goal lead, feeling pretty good about yourself, and then bang, bang. So uh, you cannot relax at all in a hockey game. And obviously, the Oilers have had trouble all year long finishing, and the Russians just missed a breakaway in overtime. I'm not sure if that was Kovalchuk. It looked like him, but breakaway in overtime. Russia does not score, and we're still 3-3, 13 minutes to go. That's a fun one to watch as well. 780-496-0063. We'll bring Jason onto the show. Hey, Jason. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. That was Kovalchuk on the breakaway, just to let you know. Yeah, I thought so. Nice move, too. What what a play. I mean, oh. Oh, he, he, the goalie got a piece he was, of it. He was one inch away from winning a gold medal. One inch higher, and they have a gold medal. Instead, we keep going. I hope it goes on forever. Yeah, uh, first off, tip my hat to the boys. I thought everybody played well. Uh, tip my hat off again to Russell. You know, that guy, like you said, I don't know how he's not leaving the game every night from the amount of shots he blocks. Um, just a question. I'm wondering what angle does that review the review have upstairs to show that that puck was completely across the line? Well, I, you know what? Listening to to the guys do the game tonight, they said that the hockey ops in Toronto have an a, an angle from up top looking down that we don't get to see. I think they they have one inside in the, the post of the crossbar. There you go. Yeah. yeah, they say they have an angle that we don't get to see, and that obviously showed it. I mean, even Cam Talbot said he said the puck went up on its edge and it was all the way across. But he right. was he felt pretty. Well, I'm not sure he felt pretty confident. I think he felt confident that it should have been goalie interference. But I don't think Cam at any points feels confident that the right call is always going to be made. Right now, do you guys do you think you can see the NHL putting a little camera? Right inside one of the posts, right across. No, no, they do. They, they already have them. Yep, they already have them. They already have it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But they, I, I haven't seen it used on TV this year. No, I think, I think they used it last year on TV, but I don't think they give it to the TV. Right, and as far as you know, how the caller about I don't know ten minutes ago was complaining about how they kept showing it over and over yep. again in LA. Um, why doesn't the NHL go into the uh, WHL routine where they don't show the replay I, I, until after the call is made? I actually think they don't show it over and over again because they didn't show they didn't show the ones in Edmonton over and over again until after, didn't they? Yeah, I'm, I, I I agree. I think it it is afterwards. I don't think I, honestly. I don't, I don't think know. It's there, during the review, there should be a rule rule in place. There certainly is. I mean, and just for the safety of the referees. I mean, well, the well, referee. Yeah. I just think it's just silly. It's not that way, but I mean, like I, rem- I remember when Gagne skater a while back got stuck in Quick's pad, and they called it no goal. And then Yakupov ended up scoring and doing the flurry celebration. <laughs> and you know, the things were thrown on the ice like they were tonight. And like you said, you fear for the official safety plus the players on the ice. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, no, you're right. It they they shouldn't. And just like any time that there's. Uh, for example, the 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 stick when Cassian cro- went right across Gagne's face that year. I mean, things like that they shouldn't replay over and over because all it does is make people angry in the stands, and we don't need any angry drunk people. Oilers win four three over the Kings. One hundred dollar donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast paced world. Twenty five dollars every time the Oilers score. Get the total on the Oilers page on six thirty chat dot com. Okay, Travis on line five. Go ahead, Travis. Hey guys, uh, yeah, we finally get a we finally get a call go our way here, eh? Or when we're not in a playoff spot. What else? What else is new? Thanks, Toronto. Appreciate that. <laughs> Probably uh, win ourselves right out of uh, play or uh, draft pick here. But uh, anyways, um, what I was going to say, I wanted to talk about uh, like the trade deadline right away here, and I'm hoping Shirelli is on the ball, working hard to make the moves. He seems to only win the small ones like Camilleri, Cassian, and. Even Brandon Davidson was a win. We're heavy on the left side for defensemen, right? Why? Like, we should definitely be going after some of these guys. One would be Maroon to St. Louis, hometown boy. He would bring so much to that team, you know, protection, uh, his, his style completely in the room, everything. I think uh, that would be a perfect fit. We'd like to get Cairo out of there. 
you got to put a draft pick with that or something. Get Cairo. He's a center stud. You've seen him in the World Juniors. Unbelievable. Then we'd have Benson, Cairo, and Yamamoto in like our top prospect pool for left, center, and wing. And then uh, you got to trade Nuge for Hoffman. Like you look at Ottawa, look at their lineup right now. They have Duchesne and then a huge drop after that. They're looking for another centerman. And uh, Hoffman, that left jaw, would line up perfectly with uh, McDavid on the left side. That's what he's used to now, feeding uh, Drysidle over there. So why not make that happen? And uh, one more I was thinking of there was uh, uh, also Arizona. They have nobody for centers. They have Stepan, and it's Christian Dvorak after that. It's just a huge drop. And if they can move somehow, uh, like make a move with Strom and even a first-rounder, 2019 first-rounder, like leave this one for us if we don't win ourselves right out of it. But uh, take that draft pick. And, uh, and yeah, take the first rounder and put it with Domi or put it with Strom and then get Domi. Maybe Strom, the brothers get together, get some life out of Dylan finally, and they could finally have their center that they need and to bring those players in. What do you think? Well, a lot there, Travis. Uh, I, I'm still, Russia just won on a power play goal, 10 19 left in overtime, 4 3 is the final. Uh, I, I, I understand the Nugent Hopkins for Hoffman. I understand the sense of it. I'm still pretty reluctant to let Nugent Hopkins go. Kyra is a heck of a prospect. Uh, I think he had almost 100 points in 60-some games in the OHL. I don't know where Maroon is going to go. I mean, St. Louis is one of the teams that's been talked about. If Boston gets Nash, and that's the latest, and, and that's what Shirelli indicated yesterday, there's some bigger stuff going on that they're not a part of, and that's probably why the Oilers' trades might wait a little bit till some other dominoes fall. Because the Oilers guys that are available are not the top tier guys that no, are available. No, I, I agree, and I you know, there's so there's that side of it, and there's also Peter Shirelli's probably wondering what the the going rate is. What am I going to get for Maroon? Do I if I go too early, then maybe someone else yeah. is going to give you more later on. So, I, I if I'm in a buyer, I would never be a buyer. I would never give up a first round pick for a rental player. I never would. Because you got a one in sixteen chance of that rental player helping you win a Stanley Cup, it just makes no sense. Why mortgage your future for a player that's going to be there for two months? Having said that, you want to get as much as you can. And Shirelli has talked about the fact that he wants a body, not a draft pick. He wants a prospect, someone that's going to step in and play hopefully very soon. It'll be interesting to see what is offered uh, for Maroon. I can't see us getting a prospect for Latestu no, or Camilleri. No, they might for Maroon. But for Maroon, that's, uh, I mean, that's their piece that they're holding out. And and I know that the, the Oilers have said that if Maroon is healthy, he will dress tomorrow. I wouldn't dress him. I mean, if you, are, if, if you believe that you are going to trade him, then don't risk getting him hurt in a game that means nothing for this team. All right, and the Oilers will play Anaheim tomorrow. We'll have that one for you on 6.30. Chad, we got to take a quick break for the midnight news. Derek, Bob, and Trevor up next on the open line. Everybody's getting in. The Oilers pull it out 4-3 in Los Angeles. Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line. Now from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Martinez blind pass, picked off by Camilleri. The net is empty. Camilleri to Strom. Fire scores! This game is over. Strom has put it away and well, Camilleri's going to play. it was over. It wasn't over, but that's the game winner. Strom into an empty net. L.A. would score after that with 18 seconds to go. Then they had a... Video review, just nine seconds after that, they were awarded a goal for the puck being over the line. Then the goal was taken away because Dustin Brown was ruled to have committed goalie interference. And the Oilers hang on. 4-3 the final in Los Angeles. First win there since November of 2011. The Oilers have won three of their last four. Cam Talbot, very good over his last five starts, a 9.34 save percentage. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, good morning. It is 12.05. Thanks a lot for joining us. Face-off trivia today, Rob, mm-hmm. was won by Randy Brandon Davidson, traded by the Oilers to the Islanders, was the captain of what WHL team? Jordan Eberle's Regina Pats. And Randy gets a $50 gift card to Buffet Royale Carvery from Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Derek standing by. Hey, Derek. Hey. Hey, buddy. Hey, Rob. How are you? 
Good, thanks. How are you doing? And Reed, how are you? I'm doing quite well. Hey, you guys. Uh, hey, uh, sorry, Reed, just to pass you by, but Rob, uh, uh, sorry, I thought you were pro-oiler. I didn't like your comments about that uh, goal. Well, I'm not pro either. I just call. I'm just making honest calls. I I said that they made the right call. I said the the ref made the right call on the call tonight. I think that in future it should be goals, but I think that they called it right. I said we the argument or not the argument the 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 conversation that Reed and I had. If he didn't poke it the first time, and he simply poked the puck first and push the puck and the pad across the goal line, to me that's a goal. That's not what happened because he did put the stick under the pad first and to me that was the goal interference. But I'm always going to be honest. I'm not going to be pro-oiler or pro-opposite. you got to call it, call it the way it is. Okay. Uh, anyways, in the end, I've made this comment to Bob too. Uh, as far as like the NHL goes, like they have to step up. Like The resting in this league is uh, cheesecake. I think that uh, the NBA, Major League Baseball, uh, football, everyone stepped up but the NHL. You guys got a comment on that? Ooh, that's, a, that's a tough one comparing it to other leagues. I, I think this year, Derek, I, I'm gonna, I'll, I will say this, Rob. Mm-hmm. I feel like this year I've had more tr- problems with the officiating in the NHL than I've had in a long time. Part of it is the rule book. Because mm-hmm. I do think there should be some modifications to offside challenges and goal review challenges. That's not on the refs themselves. They're trying to decipher the rule book too. Uh, I I do think with some of the the slashing and the holding and the interference, I, I do think there have been some inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. Maybe it comes up more in Oilers games because you got there could, you got be, there could be several calls on McDavid every game. Oh yeah, and you got more passion involved in this game because you got some. You know, you got there's something in this game for you because you're you're cheering for the team. I I think if you go ask baseball players, they will tell you that the other leagues have better referees. I think if you go ask football players, they'll tell you that the other leagues have better referees. Uh, there's there's always a love hate relationship between any player and any fan and a referee. Uh, when you watch a game that doesn't involve a team that you're cheering for. The refereeing looks better, and it always does when you have passion in a game or you've got. Uh, you you care about who wins, the, how the outcome goes. You sometimes see things a little blurred. Um, I I've, there's I think there's good referees in the National Hockey League. I think there's referees that aren't as good in the National Hockey League. But I can tell you this: the best refs in the world are in the NHL. Go watch a minor pro hockey game. Go watch a European hockey game. These are the best that you're going to get. Some are outstanding, and some you wonder seriously how they got their job, but <laughs> this is still the best that there is out there. Yeah, but, I mean, fair fair question. And, yep. look, leagues are always evolving, and, I, you know, I don't mind if... I don't, like, I don't mind they tried the offside challenge, and I just think they should get rid of it. Yes. That, that's, that's kind of where I come from. You know, I, I don't mind that... Whatever, I'll never fault a league for trying something, the, but I do think they should be able to say, well, wait a minute. The problem that I've found with the National Hockey League over the years is they don't like to admit mistakes. So, it'd be, I mean, if, if they came out and said, you know what, we, we tried it, it didn't work out, and we all know why, and just look how much problems it's caused, and we're going to take it out, everyone would applaud it, but it, to them, they're like, oh, we made a mistake, okay, well, we can't admit here, to that. And here's the thing, as upset as Oilers fans have been about goalie interference, and in, in, in several occasions, rightfully so, yep. what if there wasn't goalie interference by video review? All they would have looked at tonight was, was the puck over the line. They would have said the puck's over the line, we would have watched that and said, hey, wait a minute, didn't his stick mm-hmm. push Talbot's pad back into the net? And the league would have said, sorry, all we can review for is puck over the line, not goalie interference. No, you're right. And to me, it, it to the simplest way is get the two refs in the war room and just have it done in in normal time. Don't slow it down in any of the things. Just do it in normal time. And if you can see it in normal time, well, then make the call. If you have to slow it down and go take you 15 minutes and you're going step by step, going one cell at a time, well, then it's just too much and it's taken away from the game. But, uh, yeah, there's nights where you think that you had the worst referees in the world, and usually it's because (laughs) the calls go against you. But I can tell you this is the best refs you're ever going to see because I've played internationally. I've played in the minors. They, this is 
this is the top of the bunch. Well, and you were even saying the call in overtime on Germany oh, could have been... Lost a gold medal easily, because of it. Easily. Well, and then I was just telling you off-air, too, earlier in the Russia-German game, a German gets cut wide open, and the referee calls four minutes. Puts the Russian in the box. Four minutes is on the clock. The Russians are all yelling and screaming at the ref. The ref looks up and sees the replay on the Jumbotron, and a German guy actually cut his own player. The ref actually took the penalty off the board and took the guy out of the penalty box. You can't even do that. You can't You can't look up and see it on the Jumbotron. That's not in the rule book. Yet he made that own call. It was the right call, but it was a call that he shouldn't have made and a huge um, implications in the hockey game. Germany lost a four-minute power play. Oilers win 4-3 in Los Angeles tonight. Camilleri gets three assists. He had a good game. The uh, only other Oiler with multiple points was Ryan Strom, who had a goal and an assist. Slepeshev scored a one-timer goal. Dreisaitl had a one-timer goal. And Kara fired one right under the crossbar to put the Oilers up 3-1 late in the second period. Trevor on line two. Hey, Trevor. Hi, guys. Just wanted to make a couple comments and uh, pile on on this goaltender interference situation that's going on in the league right now. First of all, I want to uh, look at... I was looking at the rule book here, 69.2. Okay, I got it right here. Yeah, should that not have been a penalty? Uh, in all cases, when an attacking player initiates intentional or deliberate contact with the goalie, whether or not he's in or outside the crease, and whether or not a goal is scored, the attacking player will receive a penalty. I don't think it was... I don't think he initiated uh, on purpose. He was trying to hit the puck. Yeah, he was trying to hit the puck. So he wasn't... If you, if you go to 69.3, um, if an attacking player establishes a significant position within the goal crease as to obstruct the goaltender's vision or impairs ability to defend the goal and a goal scored, the goal will be disallowed. For this purpose, um, this, the player establishes a significant position with the, within the crease. Oh, yeah, yeah, he, I The goal was disallowed, he, he, he but just, it's not a penalty. Yeah, I think... In all such cases, whether or not a goal is scored, the attacking player will receive a minor penalty. Yeah, you know what? I, I've thought about that before, Trevor, on a couple of other instances. Uh, I, I don't know what to tell you about that because I, I know sometimes you can drive yourself crazy yeah, reading yeah, the rule book. It is, it is crazy. Um, I, I just so, wonder... So I, just to hear, yeah, just I, I just wonder if by contact they mean body contact and not stick contact. Right. Maybe that's... I mean, in the playoffs last year against Anaheim, Edmonton won the game. I think it was game two, Rob. Letestu scored and got called for goalie interference and got a penalty. Uh, but I, I can't remember... Did he run him? I no, can't remember. I think he chopped at a rebound and hit him going for the rebound, and they gave him a penalty. Yeah, I don't recall. Yeah, I, I know... I Trevor, I, I, I really appreciate the question, and I'm glad you read along with the rule, and you probably understand why I carry my rule book with me everywhere now. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah no, I, I, I guess I could try to find out what the exact criteria is for a penalty for goalie interference, but I would think that maybe they mean body contact and not what happened today. That would be my educated guess. Okay, odd anyways. Well, that was a fantastic game nonetheless. I appreciated all of it. Uh, I really liked the play of Kyle Grip, Clifford there on the LA Kings. Uh, in fact, I thought at some point he was making me kind of angry. Hmm. I thought at some point here maybe Lucci should stand up and, and give him a, a crack as well because uh, yeah he was kind of taking some runs with some players there. That's the way that Clifford plays. He, he he understands his role. He's very good at it. It got actually the game did get physical there for there was a stretch of about seven eight minutes where both teams were throwing some some big body checks. Benning went flying about fifteen feet on one of the hits. For sure. Yeah, he was. He got crushed. Uh, and actually, the, the scariest hit of them all was the Lucic hit on McDavid. So right. we all held our right. breath on that one. Right. Just uh, so that was pretty much my point there tonight, guys. Uh, no, that's a good question. I, I don't. I don't feel like I really answered it, but I don't think we well, actually know the answer. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, Reed, I got one other small question. I, uh, I touched base with you the other night on texting on. Uh, on uh, your night show there, yeah, and uh, it was in regards to the te- or to, sorry to the uh, 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 sorry the Russell contract, um, no move no move clause on the first two years. Oh, that was you. As as yeah, far as as far as I know, he has a full no move on the first two years. Yeah, I'm still I'm still seeing uh, 
detail to speak otherwise, but... Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks, Appreciate it. 780-496-0063. On the Advantage Trailer Rentals out-of-town scoreboard, Flyers over the Senators 5-3. Big win for the Flames 5-1 over the Avs. Oilers actually helped the Flames by beating the Kings tonight. Devils knock off the Islanders 2-1. Hall assists 21 straight games with a 21 straight games that he's played in. Bob was saying that they... The official record is 14 because he was injured for a that, couple. And that's another dumb rule. Yeah, but he's doing great. Yes, he is. Uh, and Everly had the Islanders goal, but the Islanders uh, lose. Jets beat the Stars 5-3. Winnipeg looking good. Maple Leafs over the Bruins 4-3. Lightning over the Canadians 4-3 in a shootout. Wings beat the Hurricanes 3-1. Panthers knock off the Penguins 6-5. They needed you, Rob. <laughs> yeah, it would have been 10-6. <laughs> for, for, Florida, for Florida. You would have been minus... You, you, <laughs> I would have had a goal have been minus three. Minus five. Yeah. Uh, no, Cap- I was only okay, minus, minus five three, once. Sorry. Uh, Capitals five, Sabres one, Blue Jackets beat Chicago 3-2. Coyotes shut out the Ducks 2-0. And, of course, the Oilers beat the Kings 4-3. Western Hockey League, Oil Kings lose 5-4 to Prince Albert. Ontario, that's the Kings farm team, Ontario, California, beating the Oilers farm team, Bakersfield 3-2. Golden Bears beat Mount Royal 6-1. They advance to the Canada West final and also lock up a spot in Nationals. That's your Advantage Trailer Rentals out-of-town scoreboard. Where are the Nationals this year? They are in the Maritimes. I can't remember which school is hosting. And Saskatchewan and the U of A are both guaranteed spots. Because, yeah, they'll play Saskatchewan here next weekend. And, then they, and they both get to go to the Nationals. Yes. Oh, cool. Bob on the line. Hey, Bob. Hello, good evening. Uh, I'd like to hear either and or both your opinions on, we hear about um, Maroon leaving Latestu. Latestu, the last guy that I I saw that could win over one out of two face-offs was a small guy. His name was Marty Reasoner. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, go. go. We're just remembering him, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, what I was thinking of is just like the Habs uh, uh, dumped the Subban, if the contract kicks in July 1st, why wouldn't you get rid of Drysdale? And just your thoughts on that. That's my question. Uh, well, Dreisaitl's contract has already started for this year. It's McDavid's new one that starts July first. We shouldn't get rid of him. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think they'll get rid of. <laughs> I don't think they'll get rid of Dreisaitl. He's yeah, he, he's their second best player. And will be for a decade. Yeah, I think they'd be they would need a lot coming back, something very significant coming back. And Drysaddle's actually the best face-off guy on the team. Uh, fifty-four point two. Latestu fifty-three point four. That was coming into tonight, and you 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 could see that coming with Drysaddle because of his strength. Well, he's got an advantage over Latestu simply because he's I mean he's he's a monster, and he can use his strength, and he's also got quick hands. So that's a pretty good combination when taking faceoffs. Oilers win at four-three. You'll hear from Adam Larson, who was named the third star at the Staples Center tonight. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chair. Martinez blind pass picked off by Camilleri. The net is empty. Camilleri to Strom. Fire scores! This game is over. Strom has put it away, and Camilleri's got a playmaker tonight. All right, so the Oilers win 4-3. Camilleri had three assists. So the NHL put something out here, and we had I think it was Trevor that called in. It, it, rule 69 in the rule book is goalie interference, but the NHL is quoting rule 78.5. Apparent goals shall be disallowed by the referee when a goaltender has been pushed into the net together with the puck after making a save. So that's what they're calling specifically on this play. Now, if that's the case, I disagree with it. I think the first one where you, I think that Brown pushed Talbot's pad in behind the line, trying to get the puck, but missed it, and then Brown pushed the puck in with the pad. So I disagree with the, if that's the way they call it. I think they called it wrong. Then I think he should have been disallowed because they interfered before he touched the puck. But I think when he pushed the puck in, I think that should have been a good goal. So now no, I'm even more quote, confused. But they quoted the rule though. Like you're saying, you don't like the rule. You're not saying that they interpreted the rule wrong. Well, I could, but he's got the puck on his stick and he's pushing the puck. Right, but they're saying goals shall be disallowed 
when a goalie has been pushed into the net together with the puck after making a save. To me, that's, that's when a guy's got his glove on the puck and he's pushing the glove in. That, to me, is what that rule says. To me, if you've got the puck on your stick and you push it in and the goalie's pad happens to be there and you push the puck in, I, that should be a good goal in my eyes. Used to be when I played, and I think that's the way it should be. But I, th- then again, I don't understand half the things they've called this year. I'm like most of the players. I don't understand it. I just can't swear on air like. Yeah, Cam well, did. I mean, it's well, and I mean, we got the quotes from the Kings, and they think it should count. And uh, yeah, I mean, is <laughs> See, it, that's, time, is it that, time to get rid of it altogether? Well, that that's the problem. Is here, you and I are, are debating back and forth, and we're both trying to quote the same things, and we're still we don't understand it. And then you've got better hockey minds than us. You got the L.A. Kings who believe it should be a goal. The Oilers who think it shouldn't. And we've seen a number of games this year where the Oilers believed. It was the opposite of what was called. So all these people that have no idea, and these are guys that have been in hockey their entire lives, they have no idea which way it should go, and they're arguing. It should be black or white. I mean, it should be pretty easy once they show the replay. Oh, yeah, you're right. The actual call they're making, mm-hmm. the, and look, I'm just telling you no, what I call they make. The actual call they're making is that Talbot's, was, Talbot's pad was pushed with the puck into the net and that that's illegal. That's what they're actually calling. To me, but the way I interpret that is if Talbot's leg is on the puck and you push his pad and the puck go in, they go in together, that should be disallowed. But the puck was actually on Dustin Brown's stick. He pushed the puck over the, the, the goal line. Talbot tried saving it, but the puck was going being pushed by the stick. At that point, Brown didn't even touch the pad. So that's why I think that that's... I, I think my interpretation of the rule is if you push the pad and the puck's under it, if you push the glove and the glove is under it, or the puck is under it, that should be disallowed. And that's the way I would have interpreted that rule. So I think he, I think they made the right call just for the wrong reason. Well, so, that's what they're quoting. I'm just reading the exact rule that they're Well, quoting. they're dumb then. 78.5 and then subsection 9. By the way, rule 78.5 then has uh, 13 subsections. <laughs> if you really want some reading tonight before you go to bed. it'll put, Actually, you wouldn't make it through. We'd fall asleep much earlier than that. But that's the problem. Is I mean, the LA Kings are reading the rule book, and the Edmonton Oilers are reading the rule book, and they're disagreeing on what the, rule, what the call is and what the rule is. So obviously, they, they've got to clarify it better. Than what they've done, and they obviously it's a, they've done it horribly all season long because nobody knows night to night what's going to be called. Yeah, I mean, I think the point you made earlier is that, and and when we watch the replay, Brown is robbed by Talbot. Unbelievable sw- sw- save! Swings yep. at the puck. He may or may not have chipped it, but on that second swing. His stick got lodged under Talbot's leg. And his to momentum's me, taking him yeah. forward, and Talbot was holding his leg on the goal line, and then you see his leg give. Yeah. And then Brown shoves the puck yeah. over the line. I think when he did that, he pushed Talbot's leg behind the goal line. So, yeah, no, I that to me was the reason the goalie interference should have been called, and that's why the goal should have been disallowed. The, the How other, did the Oilers give up that chance? Because Phaneuf just got the one face-off, got the red line, and, and rang he, he, it around. He, he rang it around, and the Oilers got mesmerized by the puck. And out of the, and I don't even know who it was. I'm going to guess it was Kopitar because he was all over the place tonight. But someone in the corner directed the puck out in front with enough juice on it that actually the deflection by Brown, it had to be an unbelievable save by Cam Talbot. You don't give that chance up with 18 seconds to go in the faceoff at center ice. The Oilers very fortunate that Cam Talbot was on his game tonight. Cam Talbot was very good, as was Adam Larson. Back to Los Angeles. Here's number six. Your play tonight, very physical game for you and your partner Darnell out there. How do you guys uh, feel that that went for you? Uh, pretty good. Uh, obviously, LA is a pretty physical team, and I thought everybody throughout the lineup responded well. So that kind of every time they made a push physically, I thought we responded good, and that. Um, that was a good sign for our team. You knocked Kopitar down a couple of times and he didn't seem to like, like it much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we played against, against that line a lot. And obviously me and Darnell are two big guys, so try to use this as much as you can. Is this one of your better games in terms of being nasty and mean on, on the puck carriers? I mean, from start to finish, they didn't like you much out there, didn't they? That's when you're uh, playing your best. Yeah. yeah, it is. I think everybody, when you're engaged physically, you're... You're in the game uh, emotionally and physically, so that's that's part of my style, and I thought I felt pretty good today. 
at the end of the game, nor are you thinking, oh man, how did we let this one get away? I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I got a little nerve wracking there in the end, but I thought, I mean, who knows how the call's gonna go this. But mostly gone against the weather. Exactly, so I didn't really know what to expect, but it ended up good. All right, that's Adam Larson. The Oilers play well most of the night, don't finish well, but survive a late push from the Kings. Get a goalie interference challenge, go their way. 4-3, Edmonton takes it. First win in Los Angeles since November of 2011. They're right back at it in Anaheim later today. 4.30 face-off show, 6 o'clock puck drop here on 6.30, Chet. Thanks to our studio producer, Patrick Bauer. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Have a great night. 